Hands off parenting. It's just hands off parenting. Put that down. Don't touch that. Stop it. Where's the line? Hi, this is Abby. I'm Steph. Wow, we're hands off parents. <laughs> Wait, I wish we could describe this situation. It's not worth describing. Nobody cares. <laughs> we're just having technical difficulties, so Abby and I are basically making out right now. Like we're like in each other's faces sharing a microphone but stephanie thinks that this is not on purpose that i didn't do this this is completely on purpose this is the moment it happens all right anyway so um i think we should just dive right in today because we have a really for hours (laughs) i've been trying to fix this mic situation um when i moved back to houston um from new york when i was 20 Five. So like last year. Yeah, last year. Um, I like I didn't have anything to do, so I was like, "All right, I'll just take this job at the dessert gallery." And the first person I met at that job was Lauren. Oh, I I knew nothing of it. I didn't know you worked at the dessert gallery. I didn't know that's where you met. One day. I worked there for three days because then I found a job at a theater, and that was like more closely related to what I wanted to do. Um, but. I really liked her in those three days. And then I we like used to live at this one bar where Lauren lived down the street. And I constantly started running into her there because I lived there too. We lived in the same neighborhood. And then we became really good friends. And now it's been, what, like 12 years or something? Yeah, which is, oh my gosh. yeah we're old and we have children and we have businesses and we hate everything. And so um, we wanted to bring Lauren on because I think she just has like a really good perspective on all of it. Um, and a very adorable voice as well. So let's welcome Lauren Friedman to the podcast. Hello. Hello. And I just met Lauren yesterday, Mm -hmm. although I feel like I've seen you before, but anyway. And, like, we went to lunch after Garbage Island 3.0, which premiered yesterday, um, or whenever you're listening to this. And I felt like we were just, like, like, my husband and I left. We were, like, we just, like, this was just, like, the friendliest. Like, you never just meet someone and just talk to them and they're like all of a sudden like you felt like you've known them for many many years i feel like at that point this point in our lives it's hard to find that yeah it is rare it is rare i don't think lauren's ever met a person that didn't feel that way about her so like tell us a little bit about like your family what you guys your kid is how old tell us a little bit about yourself um my daughter hunter is five I feel like she's like 37. I feel like she is, and I think anybody who meets her knows that. I feel like she's been immediately felt that way about her. Yeah, she's a grown woman. She knows more than I do. Uh, She's probably been here like seven times before. Um, Jason is my husband. He he is never boring ever. (laughs) I think that's the best way to describe him. He's he does. you know, like 75 different things. He plays in bands, he tattoos, he runs a business, he likes to fight MMA. Oh, that's he cool. He is just all over the place. And it makes for a really interesting marriage because I am not like that. Uh-huh. I am super regimented. I try to be, do the same things every day in a very non-boring way, I think. Um, but I work in an office uh, and I enjoy that kind of work, being on a little schedule and really stable and he just throws the spontaneity in there. 
Yes. Yeah. And he's tat- covered in tattoos. And you are pretty much covered in tattoos. Uh, not covered, but you're pretty tattooed yeah, as well. Yeah, pretty heavily tattooed. If anybody's ever seen um, MTV True Thank Life. You so much, Stephanie. Um, I'm just going to bring this up. Lauren yeah. and Jason were on MTV True Life yeah, as one of the subjects yeah. of the I want to remove all my tattoos. Yeah. Um, they were like, they were the subject of the documentary. That was a really funny experience because first of all, it totally ruined reality television for me. A hundred percent. Not real. It is not real. Mind blown. I know. I know. <laughs> when was this? In that was marriage before and, we got married. So and that Hunter was, was, Hunter was non-existent. non-existent. Yeah. So actually while we were filming that, we were getting ready for, our, to get married. Um, I was pregnant. I miscarried that pregnancy and it. It made me so um, irritated with that experience because there were so many, like, real-life things that they could have focused on. And instead, they just pit us against each other. And I was like, I mean, I get it. Whatever. And then, you know, at the end, they post this thing where it says, Lauren will marry Jason as soon as all of his tattoos are removed. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much. So we watched that in Jamaica on our honeymoon. (laughs) <laughs> like That's and they awesome. showed that and I'm like I'm like dying like I'm like I cannot believe they betrayed me and and you know they kind of like swung that whole story in a crazy way like acting like he's going to remove all his tattoos and really what it was about was that we were pregnant he was having an incredibly hard time finding a job so we just and tattoo removal was pretty new mm-hmm. then so it's super expensive, and they were offering it for free and a little bit of cash on the side. So we said, why not? But we were so dumb. We had no idea right. what was going to happen. So you were yeah. married to Jason. Yeah, I married him. This is my, so- this is my soap opera friend, Lauren. <laughs> yeah. So she was married to Jason for mm-hmm. five years, mm-hmm. got divorced from Jason. I did do that. And yeah. then remarried him a year later. So let's I talk did. about that. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. what I want to talk about as well. Yeah, that... <laughs> That happened. Um, and let's just note, like, your daughter was born already at this point. Oh, yeah. She was three? She was two. She was two. Okay. Yeah, yeah I had one pregnancy before Hunter, um, and then we got married, and I was still – it was bizarre because anyone who's had a miscarriage knows this, or anyone who's, like, struggled with fertility, it's it happens, and then – I guess anything traumatic. It happens, and then you are still – processing for a really long time and you don't know you know I feel like there's profound changes from something and then you don't know what that looks like until you're like through the other side yeah so having that losing that pregnancy and then getting married and then being a wife and then like Jason you know we probably should have waited because he was still in school and it was really tumultuous and all kinds of crazy stuff was going on um I just really focused on getting pregnant again. Mm-hmm. I have to get pregnant again, like right now. And I had no idea what I was doing because I had no idea truly what being a mother was going to look like. Also, in the first year of marriage, before we're super settled and either one of us really know what we want to do. Right, Stephanie? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I got pregnant. A month after I got married. Yeah, it's a lot. It was a lot. So we we can't separate our marriage from being parents. Like yeah. we've basically been parents our entire marriage. Yeah, Whereas maybe like that's fine too. Abby was married for like five years or more before you had kids. Um, we just celebrated. I don't. 
our bronze weddings. Yes, eight years. So, yeah. and my kids are three. So, yes, yeah. five years. Thank you for doing that math. I yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> Feeling real old. Today. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I tried for a year to get pregnant with Hunter. I did all, I did a lot of crazy stuff. I took like krill oil. Yep. I took baby aspirin. I fucking lit candles. I am not even Catholic, yeah. and I was praying the Venus every day. I <laughs> Did you ever, at one point, I was eating bee pollen. I ate the bee pollen, it's too. Like, I did. Like, it's like this stinky, Everything. Like, Give it to me yeah. all. Somebody yep. get me pregnant now. Yeah. I am like so not here with you guys, but um, I'll check back in with, in with you like, in a year. In like two weeks. Well, tonight when you go home and Google all of this, you will be on board, and and I will help you. Call, text me. I'll tell you. I probably still have the bee pollen because I don't throw anything out. So you know how you have like those friends who you like, you know, text your questions that are just so off the wall. Like everybody else, you know, would like judge you. These are the ones I send Lauren, and she will text me back tomes novels of like resources and like i mean just never-ending paragraphs yeah yeah yeah. i have the data to back (laughs) to back up my craziness (laughs) because yeah i mean i do so i finally get frustrated about it and i book a cruise with one of my girlfriends and of course like three days after we make the final payment on the cruise i am pregnant and I am carrying, like, the demon spawn because I have the worst morning sickness. I mean, like, really, I, I wished and manifested that pregnancy, and, man, I got one. Like, I had the worst morning. I just had a terrible pregnancy. I had morning sickness up until, I mean, I threw up every day, every day, every morning, every day. And I would have times where, like, I couldn't drink water because I could taste the pipe that the water was coming out of, like just crazy stuff. And my midwife would be like, take these drugs and it will fix you. And I was like, I refuse because I'm carrying this perfect child and I will not taint her with your medicine. Like I'm not doing it. I will suffer and I will like, that's what moms do. This is what I'm doing, right? And and that probably should have been a huge life lesson to me to just take the fucking help, lighten my load, take the fucking drugs, stop vomiting. I mean, I literally, this was like after, after she was born and I um, was in just a pit of depression because of the hearing stuff and the health scares and all that. They were like, take this Zoloft, take it. And like, you're like, you are no. so depressed. And I was like, no, I'm breastfeeding. I'm not taking this. No, I'm not giving the this. The stupidest myself. fucking thing. Like take yeah. the drugs. And you know what? That it, nobody gives you a medal for that. No, it's it for is not taking drugs. You do not get any medal. Nobody gives the mom martyr award. That's no. not a thing. Nope. I maybe we need to make it, but it doesn't exist we right now. Make that award. <laughs> and your kids are so resilient. Like it's not like if I took a fucking Zoloft that like my kid was gonna like breast. I was gonna breastfeed her into having five heads. I mean, it's just no. so stupid. Like yeah. it's like it's sort of like this. Um, self-centered kind of a thing like we really think we're that powerful (laughs) yeah like i my kids gonna be fine it's gonna be fine there yeah so you know that probably should have been the the first sign there so it it just threw this whole new dynamic into things um where 
before he always would be able to walk me through anything and like guide me through anything and was like my dearest best friend um and he just failed at the pregnancy support part he just did not have that skill set at all and he would try but it just wasn't there and then I had some other complications uh, with Hunter when I was about 34 weeks. I went into AFib with my heart. Um, and it was weird for many reasons, but I just went to a regular OB appointment and my midwife was like, holy shit, your, my pulse was like 195. And she's like, you go downstairs right now and go to our maternal cardiologist. And I'm still like, okay, oh, all right. Like, we're just going to, it's fine. And then I go in there, and they do, like, an EKG, and that lady was like, oh, shit, like, you're going to the ER right now. And so they, like, bring me, and I'm alone, and they, like, bring me to the ER, and then they do another thing in there, and then they throw me in this room, and they're like, all these nurses are coming in, and we're like, we're C-section this baby out, and Are you serious? Immediately. Right then and there? Immediately. (gasps) My husband isn't there, and I am like... I'm like, first of all, no, you're not. That's so scary. And my midwife cannot come advocate for me in the ER because she's a midwife. So I am literally alone. She's calling me on my cell phone, but I cannot answer because I'm telling these people, you're not doing this. This is not happening. Like, everybody, back it up. So that was a crazy day. Um, I ended up getting cardioverted like eight hours after that. I think I had like an 8 a.m doctor's appointment and I literally you know they're like they like pump you full of drugs to get your heart to keep you know get back into sync and what's really stupid after all of this the thing that caused that was that the baby took all my potassium and magnesium and so that's what made that happen what a jerk yeah she like sucked me dry (laughs) it was it was you know just a a glimpse of what was to come come, right (laughs) um But that was very traumatic, and I think that it really freaked Jason out. Nobody was confident except for my cardiologist, who I had had um, some real heart-to-heart. That's that's kind of – I did not mean that as a joke, but some real heart-to-hearts with her. You know, and she's like, you're not going to die today. You're not going to die. This is fine. This is not a big deal. And to me, I'm like, I'm dying. Yeah. You guys don't know what the fuck you're doing because we're in a hospital and you're all crazy. Yeah. And you have a baby. And I'm leaving this baby behind. So I'm telling Jason, this is what you need to do. Like, I'm, like, making all these plans, telling him. And he is looking at me like a man, like, uh, what? Like, what do you mean? I mean, it was was crazy. Um, So it's fine. You know, we go in there. I had a nurse who I wish I could find now because I – really feel like I held it together well until we were in that operating room and they were about to put me under. And she, I could not like catch my breath to be put under, you know, like I just was like totally hyperventilating and freaking out. Cause I thought you guys are knocking me out and I am not waking up. And she's like, I think she probably was like 20. She was just this little girl. And she's like, listen to me, listen to me. Like, you're not going to die. Nothing's going to happen to your baby. She's like, I am watching. She wasn't even my nurse. She was Hunter's, you know, she was the baby's nurse. Um, because Hunter had someone, that girl who was watching her, she had my OB prepared in case I did die, and they were going to C-section her out right then. Then she had, like, a neonatal team. Oh then God. I had some fancy pregnant person anesthesiologist team plus my cardiologist whole team. I mean, it was, 
unbelievable. Yeah. It was just the most bizarre. This is my thing. soap opera friend, Lauren. I, tr- I, had, I, I, oh, I don't mean to be a soap opera, but it was crazy. And I was hysterical. And then I woke up and everything was fine. And they told me that my child was totally unaffected. She, even though they like stop and start your heart, hers continues, right? Because they just. It's amazing. Of you. Yeah. And yeah. she showed it to me. As soon as I woke up, she had the printout and was like, see? And I'm like totally out of it. But she's like, nothing happened to her. She's fine. So I stay in the hospital for like a day. They send me home, which is like, it's so crazy, right? Um, and uh, my husband was training for an MMA fight then. So he fought his first fight like two days later. And I couldn't go. And now looking back, I can see a very clearly defined line of separation. Mm -hmm. Here I am dealing with all of this stuff. It is too intense and crazy for him. And he cannot help. He cannot fix it. He can't help it. He can do nothing. So I think instead of us, like, rallying together, it just created this two separate lives. Basically, I'm getting this baby out, you know, and he's going to just survive, I guess, and provide for us. But there's no, he no didn't, connection. he didn't lean in. He did not lean in. He leaned out. He leaned the fuck he out. He checked out. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, you know, understandably so, I guess, yeah, because. It's kind of refreshing to hear you speak about it positively like you can understand why that happened because I think a lot of people if in this situation and maybe it took you a while we're still getting there yeah but would just say you know he was he is not the man that I wanted him to be and so that I'm done with that because and I've seen that happen and that's been the end of a marriage yeah and that's okay but you know when I was talking about Jason and I being totally different people that's a like that's a real that's a real thing like we exist on two different planets and then somehow it like circles back we genuinely love each other I love him and and this might sound weird to some people but I love him in like every every way that you can like a like a brother sister love a passionate love you know a mentoring like kind of parenting love he does the same thing for me you know in in that in all of those in all of those ways too so it wasn't ever that like we didn't love each other. It's just like we would fluctuate between those different types of love, which I don't know if that's, I mean, I have spent a long time in therapy and no one has ever, you can't, you can't define what that love is for you or for someone else. So nobody can tell you, yeah, that's normal or yeah, that's okay. You know, and, and I guess that's another thing that comes into play is all of these people in my life would say, oh, my God, that's not how he should be reacting. And and so they became influencers. And there were all these influencers involved. Like, you know, my mom would say, oh, he should be doing this. He's not doing that. And so it was just like a little, a little needle in your mind. And then, oh, this girlfriend would say, oh, my God, you know, and put another little hole in there. And then it becomes a gossipy thing where everyone's like, oh my God, do you see Lauren? She's just like dealing with that and, you know, whatever. And and I'm not even really talking about anything specific. And then the myth is like, Lauren's married to a bad guy. Yeah. Jason and is it a like terrible person. like the story. Yeah. 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 And that's, it, 
and that's what people do. I do it. I I can gossip like no one's business. Yeah. Vouch for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can, but at the same time, you know, those those are real people, and nobody knows because you're not you're not in that dynamic, so you can't fully understand. Looking from the outside, I could see how someone may say that, or like you know, another girl would be like, "Why would she do? What is wrong with her? Yeah, why would she put up with that? Why would yeah? Yeah, but you're not there no. for you know all the other good stuff, and and you know it's like when people talk about someone reviewing a company, how everyone will focus on the bad stuff and not the good stuff, yes. right? So we love to bitch and complain. Like that's human beings. We yeah, just... he's not. He's not a. He's not a bad person. In fact, the night before I went to that doctor's appointment, he made me a huge bubble bath and like lit all these candles because I was maximum stress crazy when I was pregnant. And he'd be like, you know, you need to chill. Like this is a great time. You're almost done. And you know, like brought me a snack in the bathtub so my pregnant ass could sit in there and continue yeah. to eat. <laughs> you know, he does all these incredible nice um, things. My husband has never. See? I don't even know. Uh, that is a blow in my mind. See? Yeah. And you even, like, <laughs> like but making she... me laugh to imagine, like, oh. ever doing that. Yeah. You... Rob would ask me to get up and cook it myself <laughs> and then get back in the bath. So there's those things, too. You can't, you know, you can't just focus on the terrible, you know, these terrible things. Um, so then Hunter was born, like, two weeks two weeks after that. Um, I went totally preeclamptic. And oh, my goodness. My, yeah, my OB was like, we are not dealing with this shit. Like, you are walk. I think Women's Pavilion had been open for, like, three days. And she was like, you walk your ass over there right now. And you register. There was I couldn't pre-register, or I w- already would have, of course, and like known the entire staff. Um, so I walk over there and register, and like go home, take a shower. We went to Black Eyed Pea and ate a shit ton of food, like as much as I could shovel in my face. And then I went in there and got induced, and I had no issues delivering her at all. Um, and Jason, oh, so you, you 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 didn't have to have a C-section. I didn't have to have a C-section. Okay. I bet you were at 36, you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she just came like, you know, okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she, was a, she was just the weirdest kid when she was born. I remember them like sitting her on me and she just looked at me and was like wringing her hands like a tiny old lady, like just holding her hands. And she's just looking at me. And it was the weirdest thing because I expected to have a big, you know, like monumental occasion, like, oh, this is my baby. That did not happen. And it was really weird to me. But at the same time, when I was looking at her, I just felt like I'd known her forever. It was like, oh, hey, hey. Hi. Oh, okay. Like it was, it you was just been causing me all this trauma. Yeah. It didn't like fall flat in a negative way. It no. was just like, okay, you're here. It's kind it was kind of like anticlimactic. Yeah. It's like yeah. not climactic. It's like, oh, you're, you're one of my ribs and now you're yeah. out of my body. Yeah. And like, now yeah. like, it's, I, I, I felt that way too, kind of. I was expecting some like shine, like light shining down, yeah. and it did. I was just like, "Can I have a turkey sandwich? I'm really Someone hungry." Please like, feed me, yeah. For the love of God, yes. Take these children, <laughs> fix them up. Yeah, you know, it give was, me a goddamn turkey sandwich. 
And I wish sometimes I wish podcasts had pictures because like I have I have like a little a little picture of that and Jason looks the same way and and he was so you know since we're kind of like talking about negative things when I was pushing you know I had to make him stop talking to me because he was telling me they were you know it was like it's super crazy they like pull all this stuff out and it's like you know a bunch of people in there and you know it's now it's time to start pushing and I was just freaking out um and he is like, just look at me, you know, just look in my eyes. I love you. And you've carried this child for us. <laughs> you've grown this baby. I would have slapped <laughs> Mike in the face. Yeah. I mean, he was like really late. And yeah. he like, he meant it, you know. And that's and he's lovely, like, by the way. Yes, that's a amazing. lovely thing. And we're all like, what is wrong <laughs> yeah. with your husband? Yeah, yeah. What is such a bizarre response? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he would. And then he, um, we had made this little like soundtrack to play. Um, and so he's like, let's just, you know, let's just like turn on the Bob Marley and we'll just get really chill and we're just going to have our baby and our family's going to be complete. And, you know, I'm so proud of you and this is amazing. And I'm like, oh my God, stop talking to me because <laughs> it was so validating and wonderful. And, you know, you know, he's like, you're stronger than I am. I can't believe you've done this. And, I was just like, so nice. I, like, I cannot hold it to, like, fucking stop. But I always remember that forever, like forever. And, and even when this divorce would happen, I would, I would say, you know, he's such a good dad and he's so good when he's, when he's present, right? Like, why can't you be like that every day? But then I remember when he was, what did I tell him? I told him to fucking stop yeah, and to cut it out and stop, stop doing that. Right. So we have Hunter. Hunter Hunter is born, and she screams her head off every day at exactly 4.30 in the afternoon till exactly 1.30 at night. And I'm nursing this kid, and my I'm still on all this heart medication because they're really worried about, like, hormonal function. You know, they don't know. Like, nobody knows. Nobody knows shit, right? They're like, we need to just take this stuff, right? So that's crazy. Jason's working three jobs, so he's never home, ever. It's just me and the screaming child all the time. I loved her, but I was she caught, like, did she have colic or? She, we actually found out that she had a dairy allergy. I don't even know oh. if that was related. I don't, I don't know. I think she just liked to scream, and I was doing everything wrong. Iris screamed. She was, it was the same. Yeah. She screamed, and yeah, all the time, all the time. And, and that's, I mean, Mike, Mike was there though. Yeah. He was right there. I can't imagine like, I, I don't, I, I, yeah. I can't. Doing I can't it alone is, yeah, is crazy. Imagine. And, and you know, I would have to keep Hunter in bed with me because she nursed so much and I didn't, I, I don't know what my milk supply was like then, but pumping, I never made, I made barely enough by like half an ounce. So I don't know if she was getting, I mean, I just don't know what the what the nursing thing was. I just kept her on my boob constantly, constantly. Just she was always nursing. So I'd sleep with her in the bed. I'd literally pass out from exhaustion holding her, and I'd wake up, and she'd still be nursing. Like it just never stopped. And it is not – see, I mean, it was like that. Thank you for that sound effect, children, next to you. Yes, exactly, exactly. For both of us, me and her. <laughs> She was sucking you dry. Literally. I mean, and you don't, you do not have a skill set for that. No. So 
here's your husband who is totally ignored, totally, because I have no time for you. I, you know, you're just feeding yourself so you can make more food for someone else. And then trying, I would try to sleep every day for like 30 minutes at 3.30 so that I could wake up and then go to the bathroom and like be prepared for the 4.30 to 1.30 because I had to create a special mind space to go to during that time. If anybody is listening to this that does not have children, this is the reason people don't have children because they hear yeah. stories like this. Yeah. And, it, and they're, it's, that's scary. But nobody can prepare you for it. I nope. feel like you get these sort of sleep while you can and you're like, ha, ha, no, ha. But it's honest. no joke. It's no joke. Yeah. And, and I've tried – and I know people think I'm crazy for that. And if you're even – like if you're listening to this and I've done this to you, I'm sorry. But this is this is why. Because I would try to tell you, get ready. It is a shit show. Like you, you think I'm being crazy, but I'm telling you the truth and no one else is probably going to tell you and you're going to feel like shit because why is this not the magical movie movement that I thought it would be? And I would look at Jason, he would not sleep in the bed with us because he was terrified that he was going to roll over on Hunter, terrified. And he hated that I would not put her in the crib, but I couldn't. I mean, I would... I would have had to crawl in the crib with her. Mm-hmm. Like I would have. And that was a fear. That was for us too. There, that whole rolling over oh, on the yeah. baby thing. That was like a big, yeah. it's, it's really a catch 22. Yeah. He would tell me, I am not like, I am not going to carry that in my life that I rolled over and smothered my child. Yeah. Like I'm and not going the, to. I mean, the whole SIDS is, that's a big part it's of a, it. And it's it, real. Why they tell you not to do yeah. it, but when you're in that situation, I was there too. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Are you, I sleep on the floor. My mom was like, just get on the floor. It's like, I could still roll on the floor, mom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did, I was amazed because I would wake up in the exact same position and she like slept in the crook of my arm, which oddly enough, if she ever crawls into our bed, that is exactly the same place that she goes. And so sometimes I have a moment about that. And then I'm like, oh my God, remember when we would do that and my arm would be numb and I'd have to pee, but I was not fucking moving. Like, I was not because she was asleep. So that stuff only got worse because then she had this terrible dairy allergy. I go back to work full time. I I used to document my life because I really hadn't in this time period because I had no idea what the fuck was going on. And, and nobody was helpful. You know, like, my mom would come over and she would be like, why are you doing that? Just give her formula. Like, I don't understand. And where the fuck is Jason? Like, why is he not here? And I'm like, he's working three jobs. I had no maternity leave. So I had no money. I had saved, like, a, this little bitty amount of money. But I had no, we had nothing. So we still had to pay rent. And, yeah. and you know, now I think about that. And I'm like, you weren't fucking writing a rent check to relieve any of that pressure. Yeah. And in, like, six weeks, I had a $950 daycare bill popping up so that I could go back to work. And then so, you get the, the hospital bill and you're, you're say to yourself, well, I, no, 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 I have insurance. And they say to you, yes, yes, yes. This is with insurance. $9,000. Yeah. $9,000. Yeah. $9, I don't know how people, I, if you don't I, have that money, I don't know. I have no idea I how you do it. They don't pay it. Well, yeah. and Medicaid pays for a hundred percent of mm-hmm. births, like a hundred percent. So when that goes away, yeah. as it is going to do, we, I, I like, the, the, I mean, I can't. It's everyone. It's everyone. Look, we went 40 minutes without talking about <laughs> Trump. 
And here we are. It's a record, it's a record for us on this show. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. So <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah. I don't know. And um, at that point, I had gone to my OB and I had told her, you know, I had this huge knot in my chest that would show up in the mornings uh, when I would be packing bottles and milk to go back to work and I couldn't breathe and I didn't know what that was. And so I went and I was like, I think like there's something wrong with my heart. I don't know what's wrong with me. And she got, she got really weird with me and was like, no, that's just postpartum anxiety. Like you just go, you know, down the hall to this psychiatrist and she'll help you. And it was so weird and dry the way she said it. And then I'm like, I have postpartum anxiety. Like, what? What? You know, I had no idea. So I never went. I never went because I felt so weird about it. And then that doctor, I guess they had booked me an appointment through this, like, um, Texas Children's My Chart thing. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know. So then that bitch doctor wrote me a letter for not going to my appointment and like basically shaming me and don't ever call her again for another appointment. And I was like, what, the what, like, what? Well, I'm definitely not going to you now, but I was terrified of that too. Now I have this postpartum anxiety. And I would, so I would, I would have these huge panic attacks in the morning because I knew I barely had enough milk for her to go to daycare. I had to pump more milk constantly to send with her to daycare and my husband would have been coming home from work at that time. So I would see him for like three seconds. I mean, it was just a it total like a, shit a mess. show. Just a mess. And, and with no help. And anybody that I spoke to, I don't, I want to say I probably was one of the first to have kids in my group of friends or even peer group or acquaintances. So there was no one to say, oh my God, it's normal. Fucking, right. fucking right. do this. Or... Jesus Christ, stop pumping. Give her one bottle of formula and relieve some pressure from yourself. No one. And then my parents, who I don't know why I keep going back to them as support. I guess I just expected it. They're terrible. Is not, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't coming from them. No offense to your parents. I yeah. don't. Even, I'm sure they're lovely. No, they kind of suck. Um, but um, they're just making it worse. And and that's just another negative influence, right? So then I'm like, something really is something is wrong. We're failing and doing a bad job, and maybe our marriage is terrible, and you know, maybe this is really wrong. And and then it just perpetuates. Those are just little things that are in your subconscious. You know, when you're trying to pee, but you're still nursing while you're peeing, and you're just like, really. <laughs> You know, you just think about that stuff. Um, so Hunter has her first birthday, and it's wonderful. Um, then that second year got even weirder because we were totally detached. But st we love this baby so much, um, and we still love each other, but we're just disconnected. Just, uh, you know, just – we just – I don't know. Just a mess. So – I want to know if there's anybody for whom that has not happened. Like, how, I mean, I, how do you not disconnect from your spouse? Like, I don't know. After you have babies. I don't know. And I remember rocking Hunter. You know, Hunter was up seriously. I, I logged it because I'm a crazy person. She was up every two hours 
for her entire first year. So I would be up pumping. I was still working full time, pumping all day at work, not sleeping. I remember we went to dinner with you. I probably at was Fotties. a shit show. And I remember thinking, girl, you are looking rough. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, something's not okay. Yeah. Like, I was like, really, Lauren is in trouble. Yeah. I really, wow. I really, I really remember, I recall, I was like, you didn't look like yourself. Uh-uh. You, lo- you looked like you were not in a good place. Yeah. I have never had in my life, ever, any problems maintaining weight. <laughs> like, ever. And I lost, I think, like 40 pounds. Well, I gained 40 pounds pregnant. I had lost 20 in my first two months from constant morning sickness. And then I think I weighed like 125 when I was nursing. Like I literally was giving everything to breastfeed and pump for that baby. And not sleeping and not does sleeping. not help. I had strep throat like six times. Oh I had gosh. I caught every single bug. It was stupid. It was just stupid. I should have just given her formula and called it a day and lived my life, but I didn't. That's the end of that story. Yeah. Give your fucking baby formula. Just shut up. <laughs> it's fine. Don't kill yourself. There's just no metal up. for that either. No. I mean, there's not. I did all of that work, and I – I started supplementing when I went back to work at six months. I started supplementing, and I would nurse her when I was with her, and I would give her formula when she was not with me, and it was the best fucking thing I ever did. My yeah. doctor said, I mean, my doctor said, "You, I'm sorry, you're just not, you can't make enough milk for these two children, so just give them formula. And I was, but I want to. Yeah. She said, I don't care. They're going to yeah. starve. They're going to starve. It's not about you. Yeah. It's not yeah. about you. I mean, she, I, I made exactly enough. It was a, it was a ridiculous amount of work to do. I pumped in the car driving to work. You know, it was, I was a moron. Um, and you know, one day I did that once and and it was so stupid and weird and bad. It's totally weird. You're like, worse than texting and driving. Oh my God. Pumping and driving. Make that illegal, Abbott. Come on. Jeez. Um, so, you know, I can't I can't remember a specific time when things turned really bad, but our arguments became really volatile and we had lost it was just a mix of like dis, utter disrespect and resentfulness both from both of us. And you know, Jason will talk about this time as the biggest failure in his entire life. He will. He would say that, and so I'll say that for him right now before we start talking about it because he will say, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to reconnect with you. I knew it was wrong, but we were just not at that point where we could say that to each other. We were not coming at each other that way. It was, you, it, this is all your fault. You're making it this way because you're not doing this. And... This is really ridiculous, and I can't even believe I did this, but I started reading all these marriage books, like all of them, and I got really caught up in this really weird fundamental stuff about being, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, like about being submissive to your husband because I know I'm really overpowering and overbearing and intense and dramatic, and so I actually came to him, and I remember reading that book, and this lady was talking about how Um, They had a flat tire, and she was so relieved because she could sit in the car with her four children and let her husband handle it 
um, and he, that made him feel like a man. And I remember reading that and going, you're a bitch. Like, you made him, like, walk down the highway alone and, like, roll a tire down the road. Also, like, Mike, I don't think, would know how to do it. <laughs> we would call AAA. We would, too. <laughs> That's what we would do. But I knew it was stupid when I read it, and I and like my inner whatever was saying like no, no. But I went to him and I said, Jason, you manage the household. You take care of all the money. You know, I'm sorry I talk to you this way and tell you these things and treat you this way and blah blah blah. And he looked at me like I had lost my mind, which I had, and was like, No, I, you're my partner. We do this together. Like that's not happening. And then, you know, later on we talked about that and I was telling him, I was just trying anything, like just anything. Like, do you need that? Do you need like, do you need me to back off and chill out? Because I felt like all I was doing was screaming, you know? The nag. Yes. I mean, that's, that's who I am. I I mean, that's, I feel like that's all I do. That's all I do. I I feel like it too. I I mean, I think that's a woman thing, unfortunately, that when you... I don't know, when you try to assert yourself, all of a sudden I don't you're know a nag what it is, or whatever but, it is. But if they would just fucking do it, then you wouldn't have to nag. <laughs> well, I was talking to somebody about this, and I was like, this is the thing. Like, when you become a mom, and women are already sort of wired, I think, this way to, like, have a bigger picture, like, have a, a bigger scope on, like, the big picture. Like, this mm-hmm. needs to get done, and this needs to get done, and this needs to get done in this amount of time, or it's not going to happen. Like, all mm-hmm. these things that, like, I just know, like, timeline, the schedule, the schedule... Um, I was saying like when I had Iris, like I became a mom and it's like this weird thing happens where you become the mom Mm -hmm. of the house. And then it's like, you're everybody's mom without wanting to be, but like the mom is the person that schedules the doctor's appointments and pays all the bills, you know, make sure things happen on time. And like, that's the role that I am now. And it's like the whole Madonna whore thing. Like, Uh like I truly think that it changes your marriage and like, I I honestly haven't figured out yet, like, how do you well, combat that? I don't know. It changes you as yeah, a person because you're a totally new person. And I remember being up with Hunter, rocking her one night and thinking, this is, like, this is amazing. You're the most beautiful, perfect thing ever. But this is also very lonely because when she would cry, you know, you have a physical reaction to your child crying. So her crying affected me completely different than Jason or anybody else in the room, right? And just every part of that was different for me. What, you know, is she eating enough? I highly doubt that there is a man in the world that processes that concern over what that child is eating and what their poop looks like when it comes out of their diaper the same way that a mother does. So now you're this new person. And nobody else can relate except another mom can say, yeah, yeah, I understand that. But it's not the same because it's not their baby. So it's not the and, same and connection. And your identity changes. You're yeah. a new and person. And then you're not the person that they married. No, you're like, totally different now. I'm not, I'm not like the fun-loving, like, I'm like, I suck in a lot of ways now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really boring. Yeah. And I, want, I have to go to bed at like nine. Yeah. And, you know, I... I have to monitor my protein intake so that I make enough milk. Like to it was so thing. lonely. A- yeah. And even I, that's when we started to be pretty good friends, Stephanie and I, and even then, it, I mean, it was still, I, I clearly remember, I'm going to like start crying. Like just being like, I am so lonely. Yeah. Like I have these two 
babies and they don't talk to you and they just demand and there's no one who understands even your husband and my husband was very hands-on and a big part of it but yeah it's a real scene and i don't think new moms no going in you know that's yeah. i felt like that was the worst part for yeah. me and you're exhausted you're so fucking tired it's supposed to be movie magical yeah. you know and it's fucking not it's just not and your husband's Girl. supposed to be i no i, re- I wrote a book about this <laughs> i literally did it's like and i say that i have a whole thing like i had a move i directed this movie like i'm literally a director so i directed this movie of how it was going to go Mm-hmm. And it just blew up in my face. Yep. And I was like, I have, I remember my brother, we were sitting on the couch and he said to me, this is the most depressed I've ever seen you yeah. in my entire, I've never seen you. And then you're shit, you have shame. And I was like, you feel that way. I have this new baby yeah. and I am the most depressed you've ever seen me. Yeah. Like, so. wow, yeah. I'm a fucking failure. Yeah. Like, wow, I'm really doing this wrong. Yeah. And everybody that, and you're, that's not even like adding in everybody else's bullshit that they're projecting about their experience onto what they're watching you experience because you know, it's happening. You see your friend struggling and you know, right? You know, exactly. Now, you know, cause you're on the other side, right? So everybody else has to know too. And that would, that makes me so mad sometimes. Like, you're just going to continue to throw your shit on me because, like, maybe you didn't breastfeed or, right, like, right. you know, here's my car seat stroller and I'm a new mom, so the chest clip is not exactly on the chest clip. So let me have someone write some bitchy-ass comment instead of PMing me about it, you know? Right. You're right. going to call me out in front of, fuck you. <laughs> but that's what they do, and it is coming from everywhere, yeah. like, in the elevator, at the grocery store, like, everywhere. So... That's the mindset, I guess, going into this. So our arguments became crazy. And one night we argued about toys, Hunter's toys being all over the house. And he said, you need to pick these up and you need to organize these differently. And I said, he said that to you? He said that to me. I would have drawn up the papers. (laughs) Well, (laughs) yes, you did. And um, I said, oh, my God, you are fucking out of your mind because when are you here to entertain this child? I have to entertain her. I have to cook our food. I have to, you know, I think, I don't think I was breastfeeding then, but she was allergic to dairy, so I had to prepare every single thing that that child put in her mouth I had to make from scratch. And so I would cook all day, every Sunday for her and prep all her food for the week. Um, that was my whole, my whole life was what she was eating. Oh, my God. For, like, the first two years of her life was everything that she ate. Um, and I would say, you know, you're not here for that. I need that so that she can have that and sit there and have her fucking baby Thunderdome of entertainment so that I can get this stuff done. So, yeah. no, I'm not cleaning it up. And are you going to change your schedule and be here and fucking help me? Or are you going to be gone? He's like, no, I have to work. And I totally flipped out. I, you know, you remember those big Circo pink bins with the rope handles from Target? I picked up, I like hooked out. I picked up an entire one of those and threw it at him. Wow. (laughs) And then I had to go give my child a bath. And she was, she saw that whole argument. And I'm bathing my child, and I know she's seen it, and I'm crying and just like, oh, my God, this is 
this is this is my life. This is That's my that moment life. Where you're like this is my life. I'm in the middle of this movie right now. Yes, this is happening. And so then she's looking up at me. We're not singing. You know, normally bath time is like the best part of the entire day. I take her in her room. I'm still upset. Now I'm angry texting all my girlfriends and telling them what has happened. And she looks at me and she just pees on the floor. Oh my god, I would have I don't know. I I don't even know what I would have done. I I mean it wasn't about the picked pee up another bin and thrown it at her. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It, no. I didn't think of it as like, "Oh my god, you made a mess." I thought of it as a stress reaction to what she had just Oh, see, I would have blamed her. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a bitch. Now I have to clean up this pee. I mean, not yeah. in bad. She's too, yeah, but just yeah. like add insult to injury. No, I thought of it as, oh my God, I have, I have now ruined my child. Right. And so I said, I have to make some serious decisions about what's going on and what my child is viewing. And so I went back out there and I said, I am done with this marriage. I'm moving out tomorrow. I'm taking this child. She will not grow up listening to us argue like this and we're stopping this before it gets worse and that probably was a huge mistake but I was so angry I was so angry and so hurt and so heartbroken and so sure enough that's what happened that's what that's what we did and we got started on this path and then my perspective on things changed so much because I did still love him I tried so hard not to love him. I ran four miles in the morning, every morning before I went to work and I would cry and like, I, I was disgusting. And then I would go to work all day and then I would leave work and then I would go to Muay Thai class, cardio class and kill myself for another, another hour. Then I would come home from that to my parents' house and run some more. Because I couldn't sleep unless I totally exhausted myself. And I knew I had no way to work out anything that was going through my mind at all. Like, just nothing. Other than maybe if I do this and get some endorphins, I'll get some clarity. I, I don't know. I don't know why I did that. That's just what I did. And, you know, being at my parents was very interesting because that was another influencer. And they would say you take that baby from him, you know, he doesn't need to see that baby. He's a terrible person. He's terrible. So for a while, I thought he's a terrible person. But then here he is texting me every 10 minutes, send me a picture of the baby. What's the baby doing? What's Hunter doing? What are you guys doing? What is she doing? What's happening? What's going on? What are you guys doing? You know? And, and I'd be like, he's not terrible. And then I started, you know, there's so much stuff that went on. We had this very, we had this really crazy court case where our custody papers cost like $15,000 because I was going to kill. I mean, I was going to kill him in court. I love legal documents <laughs> and clauses and hidden things and negotiating. And, you know, I do that at work a lot. And like, I'm like, yeah, you're, this is what it's like, like, you know, it is over for you. Um, but I realized whatever I did to him, I was doing to my child. And then when I was doing that to my child, I was doing it to myself. So it was circular, and it was stupid, and it was a mess, but I wasn't there. I wasn't quite there yet. I mean, I, I realized it, but I didn't understand the full, like, spectrum of that. Um, 
so then I'm trying to think and it's kind of funny because a lot of that stuff is like really blocked out because it is really it was really dramatic and intense and um just nothing I've ever done before so Hunter and I eventually moved out I remember walking in on my parents actually before this happened uh I had a conversation with my dad and I said I think I think Jason's going to take Hunter and, like, run away to Mexico. Oh, no. And, like, I have to get these temporary orders in place to protect us and, like, make it to where he can't do that. And it was, like, 3 in the morning. And I went to my dad and told him that. I was, like, I need to borrow the money for it. I don't have – I have to pay, like, this, like, $5,000 retainer fee. And he said, well, you know, I paid for your wedding. And they they did pay, like, half our hospital bills. So he said, I paid for you to have this baby. And I'm not paying for your divorce. You're going to have to figure it out. That's what he told me. Nice, right? Yeah. And so I was like, well, you know what? You're kind of an asshole. Like, why? I would never say that to my child, especially if she's in fear that, you know, someone's going to take. She has the money. Totally has the money. Totally. Not just, just being an asshole. Later on, I found out he was actually having an affair during that time. So that makes his marriage advice even more bullshit and void. <laughs> like, fuck you. So then I started looking at things. Uh, I thought about things in boxes, right? Like everyone has this little box and you think your life is supposed to fit in this little box and your marriage is going to go in this box and it's going to going to be this way. And when you're a mom, it's going to be in this box. Mm-hmm. And then that's going to all fit nicely with how you were raised and other people's ideas of what those boxes should look like. And then I remember being in kickboxing one day, and I would go to kickboxing. It's a very, like, testosterone-heavy environment, right? And I would be hitting my bag. I went to the same one every day crying, just just crying. And God bless my coach because he never said anything about it. I know he knew what was going on, and he never said anything, maybe out of fear. I don't know. But <laughs> I think it was just out of love and acceptance. Um, and I remember thinking, fuck all those boxes. Well, I don't care. None of those people, my father obviously wasn't helping me, right? But he sure did have a lot to say about my marriage and how I was raising my child and what I was doing and, you know, my choices and all of this. And why do I care about pleasing him anymore? Because this is my life. Yeah. And, and no one's bailing me out and no one's even fucking helping. Um, so these are decisions that I really need to be okay with for myself Not just because somebody else thinks it's the best thing to do or that's their idea of that box, right? So it's funny because when I talk about Jason, he he doesn't have that. Mm -hmm. This is not who he is as a person. He does not care what anybody else thinks about him. He will do things that he's afraid of and just do them and be like, if I fail, I, I fail. Whatever. We'll do it again. You know, and so I kind of thought about that, too. Um, You know, so we'll go ahead and, like, do this divorce thing, continue with it, and I won't care about what anybody thinks. I'll make up my own rules, which sounds really elementary, but when you, like, really decide to do that as a person Mm -hmm. and as a mom and, like, not care anymore, it felt like a pretty big epiphany for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we moved to this little apartment, Hunter and I, and we had this little clubhouse, and, and... um, you know, Jason and I were just at constant war, just constant over everything, ev- just everything, just fighting and fighting and fighting. 
but he would still come, he was welding then, and he would still come over on Fridays to pick up Hunter every other Friday, and he would hand me basically his entire paycheck in cash, and he'd be, like, covered in dirt from welding all day, like, sweaty, and he was having a terrible time. He had no money, because I moved out. I bailed on our lease. Um, he had to get a new apartment, and I think his roommate, like, moved out and stopped paying rent. He was in, his car broke down. I mean, he was just, like, really getting it, and, and I was fine, um, you know, I had my little apartment and still working and whatever, um, and so I would look at him, like, totally beaten down, and he is still providing for us, you know, giving me all his money, even though he has no money. And then I remember my car broke down, and I had to call him and say, hey, you know, I'm working from home today. Uh, you're going to have to pick up Hunter, and then, you know, please drop her off at my house. And he was like, that's ridiculous. Like, I'll be over there. I was like, I'm waiting for a tow truck. And he's like, no, you don't need to tow your car. You just need a new battery. That battery was changed, like, three years ago or, or you know, like, something like that. So he comes. He hates me. We hate each other. He comes to my apartment. He like he's so pissed too, and I'm watching him like change out this battery. And we had to like go to AutoZone and like ride in the car together. Um, we hate each other. Right. <laughs> it's like si- it's so awkward. But I'm kind of like laughing to myself because I'm like, he's still responsible for me because I'm the mother of his child, and he has to go above his emotions, which I was not capable of right. doing at all. And he could to help me and get my car fixed. And I was just like, you're, you're a good dude. Like, <laughs> just like, God, I really, like, I really want to hate you, but look, look at you. And I was so proud of him. I was so proud of him. So I don't know. Eventually we, we get back together. It was very non uh, rom-com what happened, you know, we just said, okay, let's, let's try again, you know, um, let's see if we can make this work. And we kept it really light and casual. And we started doing like more family, family outings. Um, and it just kind of like naturally worked its way back into us being together. And in saying that sounds really light and easy, there were a lot of other things that happened during that time that I had to um, really work at making myself forgive him for. And mm-hmm. and I'm sure the same for him. Um, so yeah, because it seems like it would be, like, very easy for the same stuff to pop up again. Yeah, so now our marriage is really different. Now that, that we've, um, you know, we are, like, legally married again. But it feels, I'll refer to those times as another lifetime. Because everything is handled different. and And that looks different for everybody. You can't say this is this is how you make this happen, right? Because you, you just can't. Every relationship's different. Because you get into these cycles, and they're very hard to break. But yes. I, it seems, as just hearing your story, you had to break, literally break the cycle yep. and kind of put it back together differently, yep. which is start over. probably a lot of people could try, and they just don't want to. Like, yeah. I, you love someone so much but then you don't know how to fix any of that you kind yep. of just have to start over you, you do have to it's so now it's kind of funny because someone will say to me like oh i fucking hate my husband he never does the dishes and i'm like we'll divorce him <laughs> see what happens like if you're really that mad then just do it like so you think that like your marriage is a lot better now um it is a you... different 
I never, I will never in my life ever say like, it's supposed to be like this, right? Everybody has their own things that they are willing to tolerate and deal with and accept. That's different for every person in every relationship. My marriage is 150 bajillion times better than it was at that time, but we are also totally different people now. We parent different, our kids bigger, our kids more independent. Um, is he more aware of things so he sees things in a different way? Yeah. The first night that Hunter stayed at his house without me, she shit her diaper and smeared shit all over his wall, and he texted me and said, what do I do? And I said, you clean it up, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> and then I promptly screenshotted that and sent it to all my girlfriends <laughs> because he had never had to do that before, yeah. right? He did so many things that he never had to do before, and me too. So he really did, like, take on, like, he had a newfound appreciation because he had to do it himself. Like, you weren't there to be the mom anymore. No. And you know how it goes. I want mommy to make my milk. Mommy, make the milk. Your father is right there. Oh, my God. I can't even take Levi out of, I mean, Rob can't take Levi out of the car seat. Yeah. No, it's the same thing. See? Mommy, take me potty. Mom, I'm like, he is half of you. Like, let yeah. him do something. And he's better at it, by he's the way. Be- he, I, he's way nicer. Yeah. Like, more patient. Yeah. And so some of that is, some of that was me too. Nobody's ever innocent, right? So there's yeah. things that I, you know, was doing that were not awesome either. So, you know, I have to look at those things and say, hey, Lauren, sometimes it's not about you and what you feel like. It's about your family. You're doing this for your family. Not for you. So it may suck for you right now, but get the fuck over yourself. Do it for your family. If it was like that every day, then that's that's something else, right? But you have to put the work in. It's not it is not a magic movie moment. No. I think that's the that's life the is not a magic movie moment. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not. Yeah. This is a great story. I'm so glad you shared it with us. And I, I I don't think you're alone in this. I'm sure well, I certainly know a lot of celebrities that do, you know, break yeah. up and get back together. But if anybody's listening and they've gone through a similar story, I hope they'll email us about it and share their story because um, it's probably more common than we even realize. Yeah. People Maybe. I don't Refine know. their love. Yeah. This was such a lovely conversation. Thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. That's it. That's it. Facebook us, whatever. Twitter-ish. Twitter us. Twitter us. Twitter us. All right. We'll be here next week. Thanks. Bye. You can follow Hands Off Parents on Twitter at Hands Off Parents, or you can always send us an email at handsoffparents at gmail.com. Or if you look on Facebook, if you're into that thing, you can find us there as well. Hands Off Parents is Steph and Abby. Mail camp.